This is the most fantastic story I've ever heard. And every word of it's true, too. That's the fantastic part of it. Didn't you really feel so bad because killing him felt so good? And why shouldn't it feel good? You must feel good to God. He does it all the time. Bring some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Is that uh, absolutely necessary? Yes. What did he say? He's, he's afraid it is. Ah, oh, fine. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You see? You see? Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Kill your brother. You'll feel better. White lines in the middle of the road. It's the worst place to drive. All right, listen up, because we ain't no bedtime, ladies. It's time to take out your microscope and tweezers and enjoy the burning hate we have for Tank Girl. <laughs> cool classic. <laughs> Cork alert. All right, so the film is Tank Girl. It is a 1995 post-apocalyptic dystopian comic book film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is... Very unique. It opens up on on a desert. So right off the bat, we know we're in a Mad Max dystopia and not a Blade Runner dystopia. Mm-hmm. Desert water water scarcity. Right. So yeah, the 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 the, the idea is that um, meteor crashed into Earth. It hasn't rained in eleven years, so water is the most valuable resource on the planet. Um, that's our driving background. Uh, the film it's an adaptation of a punk rock feminist counterculture X rated comic book from the eighties. If that wasn't enough of a mouthful, uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of adjectives. Yeah, and Tank Girl uses illustrations lifted from the comic book as part of its narrative device. Um, and the comic book I want to say is an important um, piece of literature because uh, it had this uh, female protagonist that was sex obsessed and homicidal, basically Badass. a male character. Male tropes. Tra- male tropes were given to a female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Which is important. And dope. And she had a cool style. Yeah. And uh, as I think I'll mention later, but I'll just go ahead from the top, Harley Quinn, Bird of Prey is just heavily, heavily influenced mm-hmm. by Tank Girl. You mean uh, Birds of Prey or the immaculate, uh, yeah. fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That horrible title. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that incredible title. <laughs> so we intercut uh, between reality and the comic book throughout the film. Which is sometimes effective in showing some of the more expensive moments of the film, and it helps compress our runtime. Um, yeah, and it eliminate it just takes everything that would be a montage is now a comic book strip. Right, even though there is there are there is a montage when they intercut montages with the comic book strips. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, the the director uh, Rachel Talele uh, Talale 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 um, she kind of. They, they use it because they cut a lot of scenes from the film. And mm-hmm. like I said, it is a very, very cheap way to show a scene in a movie. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not like any super special effect. It's just close up on comic book panels. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't think of anything cheaper besides maybe like shadow puppets. <laughs> but our plot unfolds as the evil WNP or Water and Power seeks to reclaim the last 5% of the desert not owned by Malcolm McDowell, which is <laughs> wild as shit that Malcolm McDowell's in this movie. Yeah, and he's like, I'll do anything. Well, he liked it because apparently 
he said the onset energy reminded him of a clockwork orange. Uh, the final product is nothing like a clockwork orange, mm-hmm. but the on screen screen energy apparently reminded him. But of like, it. I mean, if you imagine filming, like what filming a clockwork orange would have been like in the hands of somebody not as like masterful as Stanley Kubrick, like it's, it could have been, it could have come out different. Oh yeah. It could have come out way different. <laughs> also, I don't, how intense is Rachel Talalay if she is yeah. getting compared yeah. to working with Kubrick? Yeah, that was she's very different careers. But uh, well, this movie made her career very different. Yeah, so <laughs> very different. We learn um, hit Malcolm McDowell's character is named Kesley, mm-hmm. and we learn a lot about him very quickly. Mm-hmm. Number one, he hates glass maps. Doesn't want them around him. He just smashes them whenever he sees them. <laughs> And he likes to create contrived torture situations to punish, to punish his extremely skilled yeah. and successful subordinates. Um, because like I said, there's only 5% of the desert that they don't control. Yeah. Those subordinates have gotten 95% for him of the existing world. As the far existing as we can world, tell. As long as we can tell. We don't know where we are necessarily. Like we're just in the world. Like are we in Australia? We don't know. Are we in, we, there's multiple references to American places. Yes. But also, like Naomi, spoiler: Naomi Watts is in this movie. Maybe her she, first movie. Maybe she just hadn't like gotten accent coaching, and just like her American accent wasn't convincing enough to. She use. sounds Australian. Yeah, she sounds Australian as fuck. And like the desert landscape, we're used to. And maybe it's just because they went with a Mad Max dystopia that I had such a strong like. I was like, this Australia, right? But maybe not. Most of us filmed in Arizona. Yeah. Um. So. One of his, one of Kesley's contrived uh, torture situations is to make his skilled subordinate walk over glass mm-hmm. to prove their loyalty, and then call them stupid, <laughs> kill yeah. them with a blood to water conversion device. Mm-hmm. We'll call it a mean Brita. A mean Brita. That's yeah. right. That. Produces way less water than you'd imagine would actually come from your body. Yeah, it's like a it's like, it's like a hydro flask worth of water. Yeah, and humans are we're we're such a high percentage of water. Yeah, we it, a lot more water would come out. Yeah, just put that out there. But then <laughs> after he berates and then kills his incredible subordinate, <laughs> his shoes magically disappear, <laughs> and then he walks back over the. So there's a little. I'm just joking about a little gaff in the film where he had he had his shoes on and then the shoes disappeared and. He walked, ended up walking over glass too. So I guess he's just a flex. I guess maybe the it's a little wink at us, letting us know that he's stupid. I or, he just called the other guy stupid, and then he walked over glass, or just that he has the the toughest feet this side of wherever this place is near. I wish that had come into play. <laughs> I wish that the tough feet had come into play. Yeah, I would have had a lot of respect for that. <laughs> All right, so Tank Girl. Um, I forgot to mention we. She was riding on a. Did you already talk about she was riding on a water buffalo Mm-mm, no, with, no. with goggles? Yeah, we haven't met her yet. Okay, well, Tank Girl. She opens the film by watering, walking on a, uh, or riding on a water buffalo mm-hmm. that she's placed goggles on, and you see one of the most important um, aspects of her character, which is her costuming mm-hmm. and her accessories, and she has something like eighteen costume changes throughout the film. She does it frequently. Yeah. And I got to say, it's one of the coolest things about tank girl. Yeah. Is, 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 are the costume changes. A lot of her costumes look great. Yeah. And uh, what I will say, I've noted this about the apocalypse, uh, the, 
the post-apocalyptic landscape that we live in that there's no water mostly everything is sand but they are able to scavenge like 1995 era technicolor goggles and, yes. and and materials of all kinds like even parachutes that yeah. are that are like neon neon color multiple neon colors so that's pretty i mean they're very resourceful in that way the meteor was very specific in that it only destroyed water yeah <laughs> everything else is it's, still it's, there is okay yeah there's tons of like buildings and stuff around yeah but mostly there's, there's just a lot more sand in general just more sand so it just targeted the water um so tank girl and her boyfriend uh, live in a little house in the desert that happens to sit upon that 5% that Kesley and WNP uh, are trying to get at. Mm-hmm. He al- she also lives in this house with a girl who communes with wood. Yeah. Like it's her muse. Named Sam. Named Sam. Um, and they have a little thing. Uh, there's also uh, a kind of a, a feminist um, portrayal of a sex scene between her and her boyfriend where she assumes a dominant mm-hmm. role makes him strip and salute her and uh then just cut yeah um <laughs> and i thought that was cool because like and that that'll go through the the film like i said she is sex is a big part of her character uh well anyway what happens is wnp ends up busting into the house yeah uh and brutally murdering all of her compatriots, yeah, uh, except for Sam. But she kill they kill her boyfriend through a window, which she can see, mm-hmm. and she doesn't seem um, that broken up about it. And I, and I got to say, you know, yeah, my one of the strongest critiques I have for this film is it doesn't quite seem like what's happening is really connected to the way the characters on screen are reacting to it. Yeah, um, her boyfriend is getting shot. Mm-hmm. In a, in a gun and she like cracks like a joke either immediately before or immediately after he dies. She's taking like, he's taking machine gun fire. Yeah. He's being brutally murdered and she's just like, no. Yeah. She doesn't really care. It doesn't seem like any, but she gets captured, not killed because they, the, the WMP guys say that they're, they, they imply that they're going to rape her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they attempt to rape her, she makes a she gets a little dick joke in, mm-hmm. which she will make those throughout the film. She makes dick jokes kind of whenever she can. This whenever is, there's a phallic symbol around, she's going to make a dick joke. It's one of her one of her her signatures. It's a through line. Yeah, but she it's it's just one guy really that's that she's kind of having this back and forth with, right? One of the one of the guards, and she ends up uh, breaking his neck, kind of like with like a flick of her foot. Yeah, it's very very. Easy. It's kind of like a child cracking an mm-hmm. egg. Well, they, they don't give you the backstory on him, but he actually has the, the same disease that uh, Samuel Jackson has in uh, glass. So he's Mr. Glass. That's what, yeah. Mm. He's got those glass bones. That's, that, my, that's my head cannon. Anyway, that's the only explanation. <laughs> for how easily she breaks his neck. Yes. I mean, it's, it is it is shocking, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, had to, I had to say something to that because it was like she just puts her feet around his neck and then yeah. turns and breaks his neck, but which this, maybe she's super strong. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. That could be th- that could be a thing that they just didn't establish, yeah. but is true. This also, I think, sets up nicely of uh, like between her boyfriend's death and this situation, we set up that Tank Girl is incapable of humanly reacting to anything, right? Like, and she only has 
off the cuff one liner responses to whatever the situation whatever is. The, whatever happens whatever no matter like so it's in that way it's kind of difficult to tell what is important to her right. if anything is because she has a like zero line emotional response to everything and and I will say what you're saying right now carries throughout the whole film yeah she they later in the film she does have scenes where it seems like she's reacting emotionally but we don't feel as connected to her because you can have a protagonist that is you know mean or uh, disenchanted with the world or has given up on humanity but there's always something that slowly cracks that exterior and we get glimpses into who they really are and that's Mm -hmm. how we connect with them Mm -hmm. we don't really get that with Tank Girl, I would say. We have the opportunity to, I think, multiple right. times. Yeah. Especially at the beginning when her boyfriend is dying. Yeah, I know all of her friends. But, like, yeah. we don't really, uh, it doesn't get delivered on. So, at this point, I'm just like, she is a sociopath? Yeah, we you, we don't, we can't connect <laughs> to Tank Girl at any point yeah. at this point in the film, in the first act. Yeah. Um. So, she gets brought to Kesley, who has this wonderful little poem about eight days of hate. Or something. It reminded me of the 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 rhyming in uh, Clockwork Orange. Oh, maybe <laughs> a little bit. I don't know if that were that was intentional, but no. Willy Willy Well, and uh, <laughs> the he apparently wants her to because, like, at this point, it, myself as the audience is questioning why she is not dead mm-hmm. because they killed everyone else. She's not seemingly a person of note. She is a woman, so I understand the rape stuff, but then. After she kills one of her men, the men, they don't do anything to her. Then they just bring her in front of the boss. And then he, because she killed eight of his extremely fragile (laughs) soldiers, um, is really impressed by her and wants to convert her over to his side. So so now at least we have a reason for why they haven't killed her. Yeah. Well, and he establishes like he he kind of calls his the the first guy, the guy he kills in the first scene, his extremely successful uh, lieutenant. Um, he kind of calls him like a sycophant and implies that right. he's like a little, like a, 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 just a yes man. And then he's impressed by her, her attitude and her, how, how much she rebukes him and, and bucks at him. So maybe yeah. that's the thing. Uh, again, not super well established. So we get an act two and I say her motivation changes now because she wants to, because she's placed in prison mm-hmm. basically. And she wants to escape prison. So I, I feel like that's a changing of the acts. Mm-hmm. And she meets jet um, who's named that because she flies a jet mm-hmm. and she's played by Naomi Watts. Uh, and that was a shock to me. Cause like now in present day, you know, Naomi Naomi Watts as a, as a really accomplished actress. Yeah. Done a lot of work with uh, David Lynch. Um, mm-hmm. Also with, uh, what was her? I mean, she's been in. Uh, she was in Birdman. Yeah, Inuritu. that's right. With Inuritu. Yeah, I was gonna say that's her big, big, one of her big, big. Uh, roles. Yeah, I mean, she was in the 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 Peter Jackson King Kong. Yes. I mean, huge. She did great in that huge too. movie. But yeah, she uh she everybody's got to start somewhere, you know. Yeah, isn't this her first movie? Yes, this is her first movie, and apparently, like behind the scenes, she was way shyer than Lori Petty on set, and like just would try to. They said the the director of photography said that if he left a patch of darkness on in the shot, that she would find it. Yeah, and we later we later know that uh, Naomi Watts was uh, embarrassed of this film, so that might have been <laughs> it. Could have been that shining through. She was just yeah. like, "You don't need to see me. You don't need here. to see me." Well, they also did. dyed her hair 
Yeah. She is a blonde. And yeah. I guess maybe they didn't want two blonde mm-hmm. women, um, which I don't know. I don't, I don't think too hard about those kind of decisions. Decisions. Yeah. yeah. It, it, they make my, they make me feel dumber. They make my head hot. Yeah. They make my head hot. <laughs> so, Naomi Naomi Watts is being pursued by the the ultra raper the ultra raper like the ultra this guy is just a sweaty predator and that's his entire character that's his whole character he just keeps making sexual advances on her uh, who is a brilliant mechanic and is able to with ease um, fix a lot of mechanical things from jets to tanks yeah the shit that is not easy to work on yeah and while this is happening, Tank Girl comes to Naomi Watts' rescue after uh, a scene which I didn't fully get. Did you get the shower scene with the dust? I guess it was delousing powder, like and just. No, I just meant like the the execution of it with the the music and the slow motion. Like, did you? I think it was meant to sort of like maybe sex up. Lori Petty's character, tank the Tank Girl character, or like, but also be uh, funny because it's powder. Yeah, and to drive home like the the water scarcity and that they're just they're not showering these prisoners with water. It's like all their showers are just delousing powder. But it it was pretty nonsensical, but also like it also it was just a good opportunity for them to use one of the many like big 90s songs that are on like there's I think there's a there's some there, there's Bjork songs, there's like songs by like Hole and um songs by um What's the, 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 it's like, it's not, is it, it's not Primus. It's like, it's one of those nineties bands, but like this, this, this movie, much like suicide squad was one that was, had a, a soundtrack that was almost as heavily marketed as the movie itself, which is never really a good sign, but, um, they do take a number of opportunities to showcase the soundtrack, like at length, like play large chunks of songs over not really very much happening. Yeah. So I think this was just an opportunity. They were like, we're going to feature a lot of your music, like popular artists, and they just like, well, put it over a shower scene. This is sort of a sexy-ish song. I don't know. I just, I didn't understand because so far, the only through line I had with her character was that she was this quirky maniac kind of like devil may care character, but now she's like a sex symbol. Yeah, it just it felt that to me it felt a little strange because like she is this feminist character, but now you're just like trying to show off how hot she is, mm-hmm. which <laughs> didn't feel in line with that kind of motif. Yeah, well, also maybe the delousing powder was meant to explain why even after she's been in prison by WNP, she keeps a full face of makeup on until she is literally put into a straitjacket. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, you know that this film was originally scored was going to be the uh, soundtrack was originally going to be done by green day mm-hmm. and then green day blew up during the filming <laughs> yeah. of this movie like, no, 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 and no. then they couldn't afford their <laughs> yeah. songs They're like, you can't you can't you can't so that was kind of wild tank girl ava can overcome a lot of diversity <laughs> all right so we got there in the prison um jets and tank girl are fending off rapey guy mm-hmm. um then kesley the whole time who remember is malcolm mcdowell is trying to break Tank Girl and have her become one of his guards for the reasons that we've talked about. And <laughs> first he tries to freeze her. Mm-hmm. So he puts her in a, a very cold place and leaves her there. Apparently this scene was a lot longer. 
and more intense. Um, but a, a producer uh, heavily objected to it because she looked ugly. Ah, 95. Which was, again, a really, really lame reason. Cool move. To give. If he, I, you know, I wonder if the producer was a man or a woman. <laughs> yeah, it was a guy. Yeah. Um, it was a guy. Um, then, um, from the top, make it drop, mm-hmm. Kesley puts... Uh, some water and power. That's right. Kesley puts Tank Girl inside of a pipe. The pipe. Um, yes. And again, now I told you from the from the beginning of this that Kesley has a a thing for contrived, ridiculous methods of torture, and this <laughs> is the most contrived, ridiculous method. We're following that through, right? That is stayed true. That is a it is a forty meter pipe that gets smaller as it goes down, and he puts you in it um, until you, you get stuck. Until you get stuck, which will, in the case of our heroine, uh, provoke a strangely edited flashback mm-hmm. showing the deaths of her boyfriend and friends and kidnapping of Sam, mm-hmm. the girl that com- that carved uh, the wood uh, carvings. Yeah, a, a, like a hallucinatory breakdown. Right. And of now, the events that just happened in the last 15 minutes of the movie. So now it looks like Tate Girl... <laughs> It, it, now she is properly motivated. So maybe yeah. maybe this is where they were saying, you know what? We didn't really earn it in that first scene. We didn't let the audience know that she gives a shit about <laughs> yeah, any of the people so that died. Let, so let's do it again here. So now we know. Now we know. Now we know. And and I and I and I, you know, all right. Mm-hmm. So now she is I there was I'm sorry. There was earlier I did miss this a, for a second. There was a, a she easily uh, tricks the guards by just hiding in a big um, pipe. Pipe, not the pipe. She gets out of the pipe, but a pipe. Yeah. So, or before she got put into the pipe, she hides mm-hmm. and then gets into a tank, and then doesn't know the code. And that's when she and uh, Jet Girl really kind of they hit off their friendship. That's where their friendship really keys off. Now, what happens is Kesley says, "All right, you won't get broken by the freezing." You won't get broken by the pipe. We're going to use you as bait to find to infiltrate the Ripper base. Now, yeah. I didn't mention this at the beginning, but the Rippers are a group of mutants that kill. Uh, for for all we know, wantonly, rampantly, they are this scary other force yeah. that that gets in the way of W and P. We establish while Tank Girl is in the pipe. Um, Kesley and some of his guys go and view review a. a some damage that the rippers have done to an outpost of WNP. And it is like scorched earth. The entire thing is destroyed. And we are to, to assume that they never, none of the people who were at the outpost when the rippers attacked it, even got the chance to fire off a shot. Like they're incredibly efficient, scary killers. Yes. Um, so and kangaroo people, they are. We do find that out later. <laughs> um, think warriors of virtue. Yes, exactly. Think warriors, warriors of, virtue. of virtue. So, and you're welcome, warriors of virtue, for Tank Girl, because <laughs> it makes you look pretty good by comparison. That's right. Uh, so he Kesley takes Tank Girl out to the desert and says, "Hey," and while they are dropping bags through the sand, they're like, "This is where." The base is, but one of these entranceways to their underground base is going to be not booby-trapped. And then once you're there, we'll know and we can infiltrate the base. I'm assuming that is their logic. Yeah. 
Now, the problem that I have here is that they successfully drop a bag down and there's no explosion because they, they explain that if there's an explosion, uh-oh, you've hit like a booby trap. <laughs> but they have they drop a bag down while they're talking to her and there is no explosion. Yeah. So theoretically, they already know, but maybe I'm overthinking a little bit. Yeah. All right. So anyway, <laughs> that doesn't matter because the Rippers come and they kill them all. They yeah. They kill everybody. Not Tang Girl, of course. She she survives by hiding behind a pipe. She hide, uh, Pipes are really a big part of this movie. They really, they really are. <laughs> um, so, and Kesley gets um, horribly wounded. Yeah. Um, his arm is removed. His arm is removed. He actually gets looked at by a doctor who said, there's nothing we can do. You're going to, they have a little mask over him. You're... Mm-hmm. You're not going to ever be able to see again. Your arm is gone. Mm-hmm. Problem with this scene, though, is that you can see Malcolm McDowell's eyes and face through the holes in the mask, <laughs> yeah. and they're fine. Yeah. Like, his eyes are fine. Like, you can see his eyes. Because he has very blue eyes. Yeah. So, like, you can see them in the shot. And he's looking around as he's, if They're he moving. Can, uh, yeah, he's looking at the people speaking to him as if he can see them perfectly. He, he Yes. <laughs> like under there like i don't know if it was just all like a and r recording or like what happened but like it's like they decided what they were gonna say after they shot the scene right because he you can you can see through the holes in the mask (laughs) well enough to see that his face is fine yeah um (laughs) and then the the really prolific actor whose name escapes me uh james hong Mm -hmm. um who obviously my favorite role was in blade runner he said your eyes. Yeah. I only make eyes. Yeah, yeah. He only makes hologram heads. Yes. And controlled he, by robotic arms. And a robotic arm. And he comes in and he saves the day and he repairs Kesley. And in return, Kesley then immediately does his blood to water sucking device to kill the doctor because mm-hmm. the doctor has displeased him. Yes. And the original doctor who told him that he was helpless. That's right. While that is happening, <laughs> Jet and Tank Girl, Jet just arrives. She just had brought. A, she shows up. She's she stole she stole a jet and was like, "All right, let's get it. Let's get it." And then Tank Girl then gets into a tank, mm-hmm. and they roll out. Um, now here is what I was hoping would have been the coolest scene in the movie, where yeah. Tank Girl and Jet convert their W and P standard issue tank mm-hmm. into the titular tank. For they mod them out. They mod them out. Yeah. I, I got lost because I just wanted to say titular so much. They Okay. I have to say something here before we get into the tank and jet mods because the scene bef- right before when they, they mod out the tank and jet where they meet this woman. Subgirl. Subgirl. Who, uh, Played lives, by Anne Cusack. Yes. Who lives One in One of the a, best actresses in the film. Absolutely. But she lives in an abandoned water park. Um there is an amazing piece of this confrontation. They have she Tank Girl and Jet are have like worked their way into this abandoned water park, and then they're come upon by Sub Girl, who has them at gunpoint. And Tank Girl is holding what looks to be a stuffed fish, um, like a like a nylon stuffed yep. fish doll. And um, the Sub Girl is basically saying she's gonna, you know, she's holding them at gunpoint. She wants to take the tank. And to overcome Subgirl, Tank Girl uh, p- 
pops up behind her. Just trots kind of around her. Yeah, trots yeah. very easily. Um, and then bops her on the head. Knocking her out. Knocking her out. With with like a a, a nylon, like a, a plush fish. Yes. It is one of the worst scenes in a movie I have ever seen. It's, no, it's through no no fault of the actors. I mean, I, I was like just because of the the situation that they were in and the way that they were conversing with each other so naturally. I assumed that Tank Girl and Sub Girl had known each other, knew each other previously, right. and maybe she was going to help them because Tank Girl already knew her. No, no, no. They play it very straight. Like yeah, they play it straight. Very, it's not comic. It's not comic at all. Except it is hilarious when she just bops her on the head with a toy. And she's knocked out, and then she takes her gun, and then she's very helpful to them. It is, in terms of, like, timing, in terms of editing, in terms of, like, how the scene was directed, it's one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in any movie. You know what? And I, I noted the same scene. And if I want to go back um, to earlier, we were we were clowning a little bit on the way Tank Girl snaps the guy's neck. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that both of those scenes, they, were, they are alike to me, and the reason I think that they both... Um, suffer is because the movie isn't really taking itself seriously at all yeah. because it it's a little too much for us the audience to believe that you can break someone's neck by like turning your feet mm-hmm. and it's a little too much for the audience to believe that you can knock someone out with a little stuffed fish yeah. that you lightly tap on their head and we it's a little hard for us because this isn't a slapstick comedy throughout it's intermittently a slapstick and then intermittently violent yeah very violent so it it's it's a lot to ask of your audience to keep up with what feels like an erratic um tone yeah it doesn't have a lot of consistency yeah and and i think that's why the scene doesn't work to me either because it's just like well is nothing serious at all at this point i are is like, is this just a, a joke? Because this girl had you at gun and you just kind of trot behind her and knock her out. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, an Animaniacs sketch. Right. Right. But like the whole movie, there are real consequences to other violence. And like when you, even, even if you were to animate the scene, you would be able to show more force being put in than what was shown on film. So it would look like there was enough force being applied to knock this woman out. Right. It feels like a spoof movie. Like it, it, yeah. it, it feels like you're, you're not like a, a real film at this, at it, that point. Yeah. It's like the Austin Powers judo chop. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. And of course that works more cause that's a comedy. Satire, yeah. Yeah. It's a satire and that's why it works. But this film is, is not a satire. So, yeah. um, anyway, just had to get that out. Sorry. Yeah. And <laughs> look, so this montage scene and like, like I've said, I don't want to rag on a film. Mm-hmm. That's not the point of this podcast. Yeah. And the more production work I do, the more respect I have for anyone who took their time and put their energy into making a film. It's extremely difficult. It's a lot of long hours. It's a lot of, working with people and putting your, your all into something. Absolutely. Um, but the editing on this tank montage is inexcusably bad because, <laughs> and, and, and I say that because I have edited very similar things and I'm, I am by no means a world-class editor. The shots are not timed out to the music. So it's a montage and they don't time their shots to the music at all, which you mm-hmm. don't have to, but it, it can help you sometimes. Yeah. But it's just happening underneath this yes. music. Yeah. And several of the shots are too short for the viewer to even tell what they're seeing. There's yeah. a couple of cuts to Tank Girl that are so fast that they 
they just look like mistakes. They yeah. don't in any way look intentional. There's a use of triple cuts, which can be very effective uh, in a in a montage to to pull off a, an effect um, to to showcase something. They aren't used effectively. They feel they. They, they were used just because the editor was like, oh, I can do a triple cut, and, yeah. but didn't have any motivation behind it. Like you can triple cut like a hammer hitting a nail, like one, two, three, and like make it add more impact yeah. to the hammer hammering in the nail. You but can it, use a triple cut in a way that adds to your, sh- to your scene. But instead it's like tank girls slowly falling into a recliner three times. Three times. Yeah. And, it, and it doesn't push in. It stays at the same length yeah. too, which just, is another. It looks, it looks like a mistake. It just, just like the other things, it's it's jarring and an uncomfortable execution of what could be the coolest scene in the movie for me because the tank is crazy cool. Um, yeah. Also, it, it is very fast, but in the comic book section of this montage, they put a human brain in the tank, and mm-hmm. if you miss that. You will not understand for the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah. why the tank is able to move on its own. Because it's never spoken of again. It's They never make mention of it. Yeah, they, they never even acknowledge that there show, is a human brain in the tank. They show at most two cartoon panels for like six seconds. I mean, that's generous. <laughs> yeah. Like six seconds is it's fast. Yeah. And you, you, you need to know that, that the tank is autonomous. Because the tank is doing things all on its own throughout the movie. That makes zero sense if you don't know that. If you don't know that there's a human brain in this tank, so you have to pay attention right there. All right, so after Subgirl, they go to a sex club called Liquid Silver. Mm-hmm. And this is cool because Iggy Pop gets his hand cut up for trying to have sex with Sam, who is a child. Mm-hmm. So bravo to the movie to for blowing up the fucking up the hand of a pedophile Mm -hmm. played by a rock legend. (laughs) Iggy pop was just like, fuck it. I'll be in a movie. Yeah. Then we have, (laughs) then we have what I, uh, then uh, again, then we have a musical number that is, is apparently was shortened every single time the movie was screened. Yeah. Um, and the director, uh, Rachel Talalay, her reasoning was because she wanted to have a musical number. Now, this is the only musical number in the <laughs> film. Good reason, as any, I guess. This is the only musical number in the film. Yeah, it is. It, it the musical number serves no purpose. It is motivated by nothing, and it it actually disservices Tank Girl's motivation. Right. Because okay, so this really drives home that Tank Girl as a character is 1000% more motivated to say quirky things and look strange and do silly, like take silly practical jokes and like exert her dominance over people in, in funny little like quirk alert ways. Then she is, she's a thousand times more motivated to do that than she is to uh, help or keep safe. Any of her friends or loved ones. Like (laughs) she has gone through all the trouble in yeah. the world to escape this prison to mod out her tank and 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 plane and like get in with the with 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 a, a new friend and like to take on WNP because they took Sam from her. Yes. Like that's her driving motivation up to this point. And literally the second that she safely has Sam. She breaks into a musical number. She breaks into a musical number that ends up losing her Sam. Like, And you know what? If the film acknowledged it, mm-hmm. if Jet was like, hey, 
you need to stop playing. Yeah. We're trying to save Sam. Then we, the audience, would have a voice. Yeah. And I think that we could have some real character development where maybe by the end, Tank Girl it has an option to goof around, mm -hmm. but doesn't yeah. because it's between that and saving her friend. Because she learns or grows in literally any way by doing that. Like yeah. in, in, in one aspect of her character does she learn and grow, but this is not the purpose of Tang Girl. No. So <laughs> there's a musical number and like it is, it is uncomfortable. Um, so Sam gets captured. Um, then Tank Girl and Jet uh, end up meeting up with the Rippers. They go to the Rippers. The Rippers backstory gets explained underneath a lot of uncomfortable scenes of attempted rape and molestation. Yeah, they're creepy. Like one Ripper in particular, um, he dry humps Jet on the dance floor, even mm -hmm. after they've become friends and are working together. Mm -hmm. He's he, Donner, I think. He just humps on Naomi Watts' character mm -hmm. over and over again to the point where. I am uncomfortable as the I was audience. Very uncomfortable. I was like, "Hey, you know, you Tank Girl should say something that her friend is getting, yeah. like, really violently dry humped on the dance floor." Yeah, but in, especially her friend who was literally just like relentlessly pursued by like a, a nasty authoritarian raper, like rapist type character. It's there's just that's not flying the feminist flag. Hi, I think the torch was let down for sure in this scene. Well, in that I'll, scene, it just shows that like the, the these characters just have zero dimension. Like well, they're just yeah, they're not taking the world, the actions that they're doing seriously. They're not, yeah. they're not treating these things seriously. And I, and I, yeah, okay, I don't want to harp on that too yeah. much. But so, um, this is where uh, the Rippers set up a test for Tank Girl and Jet to prove their loyalty, um, where. They go and they do a a, a ruse upon the WMP uh, guys where they pretend to be photographers, mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of a little more Tank Girl's rhythm. It's just like a slapsticky scene where they. This is a, the, one of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah, they 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 trick them, and then there is a high scene where Tank Girl gets to ride on her tank, and the tank really gets to show off all the cool features of it, which again is cool because the tank is cool and it's shooting on its own. Um, we get a lot of great uh, dick jokes in here. Mm -hmm. And some really cool stunts that uh, Lori Petty did a lot of them on her own, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, um, they get the the crates back that were supposed to be filled with weapons. They ended up being filled with dirt and a dead body, um, <laughs> which is the leader Johnny Prophet of mm -hmm. of the Rippers, which sends them into a rage and motivates them to work with Tank Girl and Jet to attack WNP and save Sam. Mm -hmm. Oh, there was also a sex scene that was cut from the film that mm. featured a giant kangaroo penis worth over like five thousand dollars yeah, it was a five thousand dollar prosthetic uh 10 inch kangaroo penis yeah um so it, we missed out on that there's so. if internet if you if you want maybe you can track it down and, <laughs> and find that somewhere in the in the uh, i think this was the uh mgm yeah uh, produces film so in their vault somewhere is a giant kangaroo penis. <laughs> okay, so then we go into Act 3, and I'm a little confused over the breakdown of this movie. I think the motivation changed sometime in the desert, and maybe Act 3 started after they got in the Ripper's Lair, but we'll just say it's because they're still continually to trying to chase Sam, and Sam was the motivation earlier, but mm -hmm. we'll call it Act 3 just for my sanity at this point. And Jet and Tank Girl break into the factory, which turns out to be a trap. 
which we as the audience know because the whole time there's been like a magic monitor that yeah. Kesley's been watching. Running surveillance the entire time. The entire time. On the, everything Tank Girl has done. Which sh- they should know because the the heist of weapons that they brought back was turned out not to be weapons. And specifically, they they put the body of the the Reapers, mm-hmm. um, the Rippers, sorry, the Rippers, uh, their progenitor mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the case. So After they had just talked about him. So they... They know that it was a setup. They know that that they knew about the heist, so mm-hmm. they should know that this is also known about. Um, but they don't. Um, <laughs> now there's a big final showdown. Uh, one of the rapey kangaroos gets killed, and mm-hmm. that motivates them all to howl and then to kill them. One of the 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 kangaroos played by um, Reggie Kathy, who is uh, is a very good actor on his own, yeah. but. A, you know, we all got to work. DT. Yeah, DT was his, the character's name. He's kind of the leader, and he was more of a beat, beat poet. He was a beat He was poet. one of the less rapey. He was still a little rapey. Though. He was a little still. He wanted them to strip down naked. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get into a final showdown between Kesley and Tank Girl, um, which is a very strange battle in which we do get to see um, K-Man's, uh, Kesley's head is a hologram. Yes. Which... Makes zero sense, but they don't explain how it works. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. So there's nothing to take apart. There's, we just assume that it's science. I have <laughs> no happened. idea. Your brain <laughs> controls your optics, nerves. Like there's, there yes. is no way that you can have a hologram head. But but we it it happened, and that's what's up. And throat. It's his whole. Yeah, it's, his, it's everything, everything about his head. And we see, you know, earlier in the movie where um, when James Hong is operating on him, he takes a giant pair of scissors to his neck. And off screen, we see that he has chopped his head off. So who knows what he did? Yeah, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the um, the Rippers and Tank Girl are victorious. There's a bit of a little comic relief where Tank Girl shoots beer cans at um, Kesley to kill him. And then... Um, What's a little anticlimactic is our final scene is just a bunch of comic book panels, um, and that was not the director's choice. They they had a scene, a live action mm-hmm. sequence um, that they shot, but it got canceled because the the big producer that they really put a lot of strain on this film, um, he he came down hard on it. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to make some closing thoughts about Tank Girl. Um, the film is heavily influenced. Ha- the film has heavily influenced the Harley Quinn film, mm-hmm. and Margot Robbie has a lot of intention to make a, a reboot of tank girl. Yeah. Which, you know, which knows? is, Who you knows know, how it would turn out. Yeah. Um, there is a large cult following of people that, um, find the fun in films in other aspects, uh, like costumes and snappy one liners and devil may care attitude, the protagonist, which is fine if that's what you like. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in this movie. So, Especially the costumes, I think, actually are really cool. Yeah, um, for sure. I think the, the the feminist notion of a female sex and specifically dick-obsessed protagonist who kicks ass is cool and one that deserves the recognition for its time. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of behind-the-scene troubles with this movie, which may have detracted from its overall reception. It was given an R rating, which uh, usually hurts box office numbers. Um, yeah, but they had to know. Yeah, but that being said, there are a lot of legitimate issues with this movie that stem from how easily the protagonist overcomes obstacles, uh, how little uh, attention is given to the setups of jokes or character development, um, the style of editing and use of special effects in dream sequences and montages. 
I forgot to mention there's a earlier flashback scene that they they really were very lazy in their special effects mm. uh, and proper motivation between character actions and, and characters' relationship to the world and the their setting. Um, so I personally am not in the cult, uh, and I give this movie two out of ten tanks. But <laughs> I'm glad I saw it because you know I love to. You need to be able to tr- watch movies that you don't care about too. Yeah. Um, but and, again, every film uh, took a lot to make and deserves our attention. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, my my overall just biggest gripe with the movie, and I'm not saying that, like, I'm not trying to shit on the movie because all movies are hard to make and it's important that they get made and making, like, taking it really big ambitious strides like they took in Tank Girl is an important thing to happen in movies because even if they don't hit for everybody, like, that sometimes they can really be become important movies, um, both in like the the way that movies are made for years to come, but also like just important movies to people who like them. And I'm not trying to shit on that movie, but I think the what this movie suffered from the most is the lack of depth of character mm. in in its protagonist, particularly, but also in just generally everybody. Like all, all, all of the characters in the movie, they're all static. Like essentially, all of the all of the characters are the same at the end as they were at the, the beginning. beginning, and that's you don't want that no matter what the movie's about. Yeah, yeah, you always want there to be some growth. Otherwise, the story is just a series of events occurring, and the audience is it, it finds it, it's it's hard for audience members to latch on to characters to care about, and you find yourself being more invested in, you know, snappy dialogue, one-liners, costumes, special effects, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, that's just me. So I am also not in the cult, though I am glad that I saw it, and I, I give it, um, you know, three out of 15 uh, dick jokes. There we go. Yeah. And maybe this movie will inspire a young female director or actor, and they will, and it will, they will go on to make some incredible things. So yeah. there's always that possibility all right uh this has been the cult of classes talking about tank girl thank yeah. you and holler at us on uh, patreon.com slash tap snaps if you are interested in supporting the boys my name liam